coming at you live from our studio in the heart of Roseville, California. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and with me are... Andrew. Roger. And this is the Cryptid vs. Cryptid podcast. Play that funky music. Episode number six feels good. Feels good. It feels like it's been forever because of uh, we didn't do any research for episode yeah. five. Yeah, that so was uh, kind of weird coming back into it. It was a complex episode though. Even if we didn't do any research, I mean, oh, yeah. having our first guest was cool. So it was a lot of fun. It was definitely Devrin's definitely a cool guy. So oh yeah, and he's always willing to come back on. But it's probably either my first or second favorite episode because yeah. that and then everything with. Uh, Goatman, that yeah. episode was just that, so that, that episode fun. was cool. But uh, I mean, yeah. it's number six, so uh, I know it's weird. We finally hit that. You either quit now at this point, or you just keep on fucking going. <laughs> and we're still fucking going. Yeah. But yeah, is there anything we want to get out of the way? We are in the two hundredth place in for Sweden, right? Yeah, I, we got this email from this weird podcast thing, and I was like, this might be a scam. I went, did some research, found out it was legit, and yeah, so I guess they keep track of all our stats over all the countries. So yeah, we're like 200-something in Sweden in the hey, fiction we're, podcast. We're release. listed on a chart in Sweden. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. See. Well, fuck, we forgot. Yeah, I know. I was beginning. looking at this. And with that out of the way, let's hop into the episode. Now, who are we covering? Oklahoma Octopus versus Nessie. That's our... Big brawlers for today, uh, aquatic, so, you know, we're going right into the water. Yeah, and with you saying that, you guys will notice as we progress through these four rounds of fights, there's going to be a little theme going in this time. We're not going to say it deliberately, but you should be able to pick up on it pretty quick. So who do we want to hop in with first? I guess it's Oklahoma Octopus time. Oklahoma All Octopus. Right. Who wants to take us away with some Oklahoma Octopus history? Hit me up with the history. All right. All right. Here we go. Little is known about this cryptid. It is said to be a very large octopus that inhabits many of the freshwater lakes in the state of Oklahoma, such as Lake Thunderbird, Lake Ulaga, and Lake Tenkiller. Many people use unexplained drownings and deaths in these lakes as evidence of the existence of this strange cryptid. One commonality that ties these lakes together, besides being freshwater, are that they're all man-made. Could this lead to the idea that the cryptid may also be man-made, or is it something far darker? Also, I've got a fun fact here. In 2017, an octopus was found at Thunderbird Lake, but it was later found that the octopus was from a buffet. Someone put this octopus in the lake as a prank. Yeah, some dude found it and claimed that it was the Oklahoma octopus, <laughs> but little did he know, he just got goofed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I'm, instead of eating this, I'm going to throw this small octopus that couldn't really hurt anyone into the lake. And also, another fun fact, I didn't do a whole bunch of research into the lakes, but uh, Lake Thunderbird seems to be named after another cryptid, the Thunderbird. I mean, one day. Yeah, one day. Right He'll now still fight Mothman, but one day. <laughs> All right, and with our brief history of the very interesting Oklahoma octopus out of the way. Let's hop into some stories, if there are any. I mean, I don't have anything specific. Roger, you got something? No, 
this one, it's pretty basic. It's just this a bunch one, of reports of like, oh, drownings, and then it's blamed on Oklahoma octopus. So yeah, and it, the only thing else is that since there's three lengths that this thing could be at, is that there's multiple of them. There's not just the one in one lake, and it's not traveling across yeah. three miles difference. Yeah, and if you are looking for any more information, uh, check out the Lost Tapes episode. Yeah, they have it up on YouTube. I think uh, me and Roger both watched it. Matt might have skimmed it. I mean, I skimmed through it. It's one of the biggest things on it, which is not the greatest because it also has very little to do with the actual octopus. The funny thing is, is that's what kind of raised it in popularity. That's why everyone knows about it is because of the lost tapes. Otherwise, no one else would really know about it besides like people in Oklahoma. Yeah, this it's this cryptid is. Almost kind of like the chupacabra, the fact that it's not really seen, it's more just people talk about it, but it hasn't gained a popularity at all in the way that the chupacabra has. It's also got a lot of similarities to the megaconda, as there is hardly any information, and all the articles you read come from one source, which I found this time. Take a guess as to what it is. (laughs) The Lost Days episode? No, No, you're right. It comes from the website where they... uh, where does that show come oh, from? It's like Discovery. Or discovery. Yeah, it's discovery. It comes from the Discovery Lost Tapes webpage. Because I went on to the cryptid, because there's a cryptid Wikipedia page. And sometimes I'll go there just to skim through to find I, mean, other I go there sources. to just look up like new cryptids that we might bring up. And so, you know, I'm going through looking for other sources, and really there's only this one link. Click on it, go to the Discovery page, and it's just a copy and paste from the Discovery page. Mm-hmm. Which is just disappointing. That's straight up plagiarism. And like, you know, when I write up the histories, I get information mostly from one website, maybe a few paragraphs from others, but I don't plagiarize it. It's not that hard. Like, yeah. I should just take what I wrote and throw it on the Wikipedia page and it'd be way better. This guy is definitely more word of mouth than anything. This is pretty much how it goes. And that's what really sucks, I think, about a lot of the not-so-popular cryptids. Because obviously, the more popular you are, the more sightings you're going to have, which is more story, more stuff for us to cover, more fun to theorize about. Since the Oklahoma octopus isn't really this big, and its main source of popularity is from the Lost Tapes, that's really all you get is the Lost Tapes. It's hard, too, because this type of cryptid is really only a cryptid because it drowns people. That's really the main thing that like otherwise it would just be an octopus in a freshwater lake but it also seeks out and drowns people and that's so the thing that makes it eats them that's how it survives yeah i mean drowns them and that does whatever it wants them but yeah, we can talk credibility at the end because i definitely have some holes to poke with this one besides the fact that you know we'll save that mm. so with a brief history and stories quote unquote out of the way Let's hop into stats, characteristics, and abilities, which I always have out of order from how we actually go through them. (laughs) So let's start with characteristics. What I have down is, so I don't know if it's where, is it in the Lost Tapes episode where they say the body's like eight feet long? I think it's in there. They reference it in pretty much all the material that has to do with it, which is like two things, but (laughs) that it's horse-sized. Horse-sized, yeah. So I delved into this because... Whether or not it's believable, I still wanted to be as close to what it would actually be as I could. So, horse-sized body. That'd be about 8 feet. Tentacles are way longer than the actual body. That's what I was going to ask. If it's horse-sized, is that like the head part is horse-sized? 
and then the tentacles go yeah. longer than that? Okay. That's how I presumed it. Because yeah. that's how I thought it too. Yeah. I had to do a lot of research, specifically into the, I believe they call it the Pacific something octopus, biggest breed of octopus in the world. So I did a lot of comparison from that body size to their tentacle size. And what I've been able to get is the horse size body, about eight feet, which would lead to the tentacles being about three to three and a half times longer, usually for an octopus. So its tentacles are gonna be about 24 to 30 feet long. Holy shit. Yeah, and then you bring in the body size, this thing's like almost close to 40 feet long. And then, or I have 32 feet, but it can vary in its complete length, a little bit higher. And the last thing I have down for characteristics <clears throat> are the sh suction cups. They, I don't know, probably be a foot, foot and a half long. And uh, the usual strength of these things for the Pacific octopus, each suction cup has the strength of a 200 pound man. So you can only imagine the strength for the suction cups on something like this. And I mean, octopus in general, I think, are super strong anyway, because they're supposed to like grip things and then oh, yeah. pull them. And then you also have to take in the fact that I didn't put it down, but it also has the beak, yeah. which are very, very strong in octopi. And with that, characteristics out of the way, you guys want to add anything? No, you pretty much said everything I would probably say. Or no, I, do we want to put like rubbery skin in there or something like that? Just as the fact that it's, I don't know. That's like the one other thing that I'd give it just because it all octopi have like a weird like film or something on their skin that makes it kind of rubbery. But yeah, no, we'll throw that down there because it'll give them some kind of advantage yeah. uh, when it comes to defense and in the fight itself. Okay, next we have abilities. I didn't think of anything until like this second. Do you think it would be able to shoot ink? I just that's thought of that. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, so that was where I didn't cover in my octopi research was specifically what kind of octopi shoot ink. But obviously this would be a special case. Uh, let me do, I'm gonna do a search real quick. All right, we're gonna do a quick cut reel here because there is something else I wanna add into this episode that I totally forgot. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. like it does shoot ink as we're giving pretty much all of octopus aside from like two of the genus shoot ink so I think we're gonna give it to this guy okay so we got ink shooting down as one ability is there anything else that we think we can afford to it mm, not really I think it's characteristics already give it a pretty good power so it doesn't really need to tech anything all right cool now let's hop into the most intricate part let's go with stats what are we thinking for intelligence now, I'm pretty sure our octopi, aren't they very intelligent creatures in their own right? I, I believe so. I believe octopi are pretty intelligent. I, I was just a throw out there to get us started on it. I was going to say maybe eight, maybe seven. I feel like every time we have the same stuff. Uh, we, like, we have like the throw. We have the same breakout of this song. For real. I don't know. I was leaning more towards seven, but eight could work too. Kind of yeah. Well, I was thinking seven and a half, but you know how we don't do halves on this, so... So you're rounding up? Yeah, or down. It depends. Like, I... Well, I think we're in a crossroads here because I was thinking seven. If you're both thinking seven, I am totally fine with going seven. Going I will seven. say, now that we know what we do every at the fifth episode of these, we know that we might come back to this. Yeah. But I think for now, 
a seven's probably where I'm going to land too. So a quick pu- plug. Obviously, as Andrew just said, all stats are subject to change by the fifth episode. So if you have any problem with our stats and what we give anybody, feel free to send us an email. Stick around for the email address at the end. It don't email us about the first five. Those stats are, are the first eight cryptids. Those stats are locked in. So Yeah. We won't be going back to any of those for any kind of changes. Those are set in stone. The four or the eight coming out from this point moving forward are subject to change until the fifth episode. All right. Or the tenth episode. All right. So we got seven. What are we thinking for power? This guy's going to be extremely strong, which is why I wanted to bring something up. I think... For creatures of a certain size, we're going to have to set a new bracket for strength because obviously the larger you are, most of the time the stronger you're going to be. And obviously this guy's going to have some very high fucking strength. I was going to say let's give him a 10 just because we gave the Megla, the, the Mega Megaconda a 10. And Bigfoot. But I like the idea of ranking them based on their size. That just brings into question all the other stats. Do those alter in any way? We aren't changing those guys at this point. But I think for at least strength, taking in size into this, for at least these extra It's almost like power level scaling that we're doing here. Just because, so are we going, if we did do this, are we going human level and then a creature larger or? Yeah, I think so. Well, no, because if we do go human uh, level, a 10 would be human level. And obviously- I meant as human size, sorry. Human size. I think- Seven foot would be like a 10 in that regard then, and then anything larger than that. So maybe we do it in the sense of the first class is essentially like humanoid. And so anything from like the size of a small child all the way up to, you know, a seven foot tall basketball player is in that first bracket. And then we move up to something larger. Uh, you know, like a large animal class, like or an elephant like or something. Yeah, like that. something like yeah. that. So we go maybe uh, I don't know, very large dog, horse, all the way up to like elephant, giraffe level, and then after that we maybe go up to like a titan level. Someone said like giant. Yeah, you know? if we ever get to titan level creatures or cryptids. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll throw down uh, in the header for this like extra large mm-hmm. size creature. So we'll take that into account for now. So with this new system, what are we thinking? For I'm still are we, and a good thing to also straighten out now is what on the smaller scale as a 10 is equated to what on this next scale up? I think a 10 would probably be around a six or a seven. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we, I think we should five. get. I think we should get a significant number, like a, a literal, like this is what it is. That way we know what barrier they're breaching. Okay, what are you thinking for five? I like, like five just because breaking it's... Breaking that 10 bracket would be five in, in the, the extra large creature scale. I like that because it's baseline, it's in the middle, so now you're going even farther. Than yeah, so what are we thinking? Keep in mind that all the suction cups are going to have extreme strength on their own individually. That's why I'm still thinking like an eight or nine would still work for them. I'm and also... then these things are also known for ripping things and their very strong jaws and their beak. I like eight. Eight. I think I can go with an eight. What about you, Ryder? Yeah. All right. And now, moving on to defense, we have to keep in mind the rubbery skin is going to give it at least some, I don't want to say increased defense. But it would definitely affect the defense in a way. Mm-hmm. Probably block off some like non-lethal attacks. Mm-hmm. So I think also that how like how many arms it has. At that point, it's also defense because it just can. If it one arm misses, the other one comes in 
and wraps around at that point. Do you think, like, strategically, defense-wise, yeah. it's got enough options to come combat anything that's coming at it? Yeah, and it has a high enough defense to think, okay, well, this is what I'll do next. And if we are taking the extra-large creature scale into account for defense, baseline would also be 5 for a 10 defense for a normal-sized creature. I don't know if we have to do that, just because, like, a 10 defense is really just, like, you're literally, like, steel. Yeah, nearly impenetrable. All right, then we don't have to change the defense. I'd probably go with a 7. A 7? I want to go with an 8, just because it still has that skill to ink, and that gives it an evasion, which is something I'd put into defense, you know, something that's evasive maneuver-wise, but it still gives it, like, like a stealth kind of ability. Rather yeah. than defense. Yeah. I, I was thinking more like clouding the enemy's vision, but, you know. It can just fly into multiple categories because it's like stealth, also mobility, and just mm. get around. But but adding to it, I think that gives it enough overall stat buff to raise its defense up in eight. So you two are both making an eight? Yeah. I think I can go with an eight. Yeah. I think I'll hop on that eight train then. Okay, with defense out of the way, we're moving to mobility. I don't... Obviously, I think it's going to have decent mobility, but I don't think it's going to be in the upper echelon of mobility for sure. I'm with you on that one, just because I know there's faster things, especially in water. There's probably a few faster, oh, yeah. quite a few and faster things. And its size is definitely going to hold it back from its mobility. It's the same thing with Megaconda. Megaconda probably can get farther, but it's also 130 feet long. Yeah, so, so it's going to be slower. It's, it's just body is able to cover such a large distance itself. Six or seven, maybe? I want to go with the six. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking six. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's still able to move in the water better than you know a normal human, but mm. I think it's it's still really held back. Definitely. And now HP. I'm thinking taking into the extra large size. Do you think this would affect HP? Because it's going to have a lot more body, so it's going to have. I think body size would definitely affect the HP threshold. Whereas power is more something to scale it against other cryptids that we've done in the past. HP is more just against the cryptid it's fighting, okay. if, it, if it's going to be able to survive. So I don't know if giving it an extra class is really going to do anything, because it's still going to be how does it scale up against this other creature that's also in the same weight class, you know? I don't know, just, I, just for argument's sake, I, I don't know and if I mean, giving it an extra class is really necessary or not, but... Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely something that we can take into account when other matchups against other cryptids comes. But mm-hmm. until then, yeah, I think we can just leave it as our normal scale for now. Yeah, because like we said before, a 10 on HP is something that you're almost always regenerating. Or mm-hmm. like you, there's no way there's for you to lose no to your yeah. amount of health. So that in, in scale wise, that's still size is like great because you have a little bit more, but I don't think it's infinite, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna throw one out there. What are you guys thinking for seven? Giving it a seven for HP. I did like the seven, honestly. I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was jumping between. But seven probably works better now that I think about I, it. You know what? I kind of like eight in the fact that I'm pretty sure if you chop off any of its tentacles, it can still grow those back, and that's not going to be huge, like, a huge detriment to it. It still takes a while for those. It's not like... It yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, But I'm, but I'm not sure... But I still if, think we should attribute it when de- yeah. determining HP. Yeah, I'm not sure how much damage that does to it as a whole, if you, like, 
were to remove one or two tentacles, mm -hmm. you know. So you're thinking eight now instead of seven? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there. I still like seven, though. I Even with like that, seven. I'm still on the seven train myself. Yeah. All right, then I'll swing with the seven. And lastly, stealth. Now, something we didn't attribute to this was camouflage. Because I know there are certain breeds of squid that can do that. Octopi. Octopi, sorry. And it's not something we attributed because I don't think it's really more of... I don't really think it's a commonality in all octopi. Uh, yeah, that's another, like... I don't think that's as shared of a trait as the ink thing. So I'm fine with not giving it stealth. Mm, mostly because even if it's hiding... I'm not sure if our contender is going to need to, you know, seek it out anyway. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works. And another thing is when it kills, it seems to be pretty obvious. These droughts yeah. happen. People can pinpoint what's the cause or and what if, they believe the cause is. If the Lost Tapes is, like, the main thing we're going with, that was all filmed and all the people were watching while the other people got drowned. It's like, you know, this guy's not really hiding anything. No. Under, so, unless he's, you know, hiding under the water, but... I'm going to throw out another number. Four. I was going to say five. I was going to say five as well. Just because I think the, the ink thing... If we go go back to the Lost Tames, when they first when he first sees it, no one else sees it. And still kind of goes without anyone knowing it's there. It's still stealthy in its own regard, but it's not like a, oh yeah, I'm... That's another thing that I can think we can attribute to just it being underwater as versus its prey being on land, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right then. I'm fine with giving it a five with you guys bringing up the ink thing that totally slipped my mind and I think that would definitely tribute towards the stealth. And with all this out of the way, let's hop in to our next contender. Anybody want to take the history and you guys want me to have this one? I think you're good on this one. All right, cool. Now let's introduce our next fighter, the Loch Ness Monster, AKA Nessie. The history of the Loch Ness Monster starts around 565 AD with ancient writings from the Pict talking about a large creature that attacked a swimmer and almost attacked another before it was ordered to go back by St. Columba. After this account, not many sightings occurred until the 1930s. Sightings started picking up after the construction of a road near Loch Ness, where the creature was sighted more near the road and close to the shore. The sightings continued to grow, and so did the hoaxes. The famous surgeon's photograph, taken in 1934 by Robert Kenneth Wilson, was one of the biggest pieces of evidence supporting the existence of the cryptid until 1944, where it was proven to just be a hoax. To this day, Nessie is still a very popular and profitable creature in pop culture, netting the Scottish, the Scottish economy roughly $80 million annually. And bringing up the surgeon's photograph real quick. Have you guys ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. of course. It's, it's probably it's, the most popular. It's, uh, oh, I think it's almost is. the most popular like cryptid-related media out there. It's definitely on par with the... Uh, At least Patterson on par Gimlin with the Patterson Gimlin film. I think it's sure. a little bigger, honestly. I I still think it's bigger, but it's at least on par with that. I would almost agree with that, except for the fact that the Patterson Gimlin, the Bigfoot, when he's looking over, that's like the kind of silhouette Bigfoot you see on everything. In America. America. That's true. But whereas the Loch Ness Monster is pretty much, you know, the cryptid heard around the world, basically. Well, yeah, but I mean, Sasquatch-esque creatures are seen all across the world, too. That's true. Albeit they that's are, true. they have their specialities, given their different environments they live in. But I mean, that's an after-hours conversation. But the photograph, I'm pretty sure all he did was just glue, like, a long piece of plastic on, like, the bottom of a boat, like a toy plastic boat. Took the photograph. Yeah, there's that, and I think they've also been like, oh yeah, it was a stick. And yeah. just kind of put it up there. 
Yeah, it could have been the end of a log, I think was a really good. And I mean, the photo's super grainy, black and white, so obviously it's easy to see why people fell for it. And yeah. I mean, this is also 1930s when information didn't get around as quickly or nearly as popularly as information gets around today. Yeah. But I mean, they did nip it pretty quickly. Ten years, that's all it took for them to debunk it. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is just, you know. Well, like, when they debunked it, the guy that took that picture was on his deathbed and he's like, yeah, that's fake. And that's how everyone figured that out. Man, he could have been so savage and just taken it to his grave. <laughs> yeah. Nobody would have been the wiser. I mean, I think after a little while, they would have been wiser. I don't think oh, it would yeah. take it too much longer. All right. Do we want to get into any stories? I don't have any specific stories for this one, so this is all you guys. Yeah, there's no real stories of him that I know of, but, like, the first sighting was... I'm sure um, some Scottish natives probably have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the main ones that you hear are, like, the first sighting where he ran across the road, and then there was another one... <laughs> had to do with these three firefighters and they were trying to lure Nessie out and so what they did is they made a paper mache Nessie that was a female put some cologne on it and put eyelashes on it and put it in the water yeah that only works if Nessie is a male <laughs> yeah and that's what they thought they're like Nessie's a male and so it's Scotland so you know everyone's drinking so they probably uh, got drunk I'm like, there was oh, right, it's time to catch Nessie so let's do this go in here and then put it in and it's paper mache so obviously it's not lasting long anymore. yeah it's probably not a clear-headed so decision it, just, <laughs> it flattened out and that was that all right so i actually do have a little bit of a fun fact slash story to share so first off thank you justin he got me the encyclopedia of cryptozoology for my 21st birthday which is just I've only read like 10 pages, like the introduction and the first couple pages in here, but it's very awesome. And one of the first things I read actually had to do in part with the Loch Ness Monster. It's the Academy of Applied Scientists. So I'll just read this little snippet out of the book real quick. Founded at Belmont, Massachusetts in March 1963, the Academy of Applied Scientists is a nonprofit, tax-exempt educational group whose stated goal is to ensure that Innovation continues to flourish as the essence of human spirit and the foundation of the world's free freedom and prosperity. From its present headquarters in Concord, New Hampshire, the AAS collaborates with various other foundations and public schools to promote scientific education at every grade, grade level. Since 1970, founder and president Robert Rhines has led a series of expeditions to Loch Ness, Scotland, where AAS members obtained some of the most dramatic photographs and sonar tracks of Nessie yet recorded. In 1992, an AAS team also participated in the search for Bigfoot, but without results. Cryptozoology is not the group's primary concern and indeed receives no mention on the AAS internet website, but its contributions to lake monster research can scarcely be exaggerated. So yeah, they have a full-on group looking for the Loch Ness Monster. There's more to that one, but there's also, so I forgot to say this, but there was some other like guy that was like, if you catch Nessie, you get like 2,000 pounds of the cash, which I would equate to, uh, I think, two million in U.S. No, pounds is definitely not that much more. Well, than this is nineteen. Yeah. Oh, this this is the nineteen thirties. Adjusting for inflation. Yeah, 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 yeah probably. And then, so lately, the only thing that we've had, I think it was back in two thousand sixteen. They're trying. They're gonna go down into the lake and 
probands to find what could be proof of Nessie. And so they're like, oh yeah, we have three things that could that are like Nessie, and then there's one that could maybe be like it. So 2016, they found like three things? Or they were four supposed things? to be start filming it. So I don't know what's going on. I didn't do enough research to see if that was actually what they were doing. But ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard throughout my time looking into cryptozoology, there's been a lot of expeditions out to Loch Ness to try and find proof through various different research methods. There's this one research method that's gaining popularity over the last 10 and 20 years where they're able to scan. I don't know if it's scan or a certain method, but they're able to detect like all of the living creatures in a certain area, ones that we haven't seen, ones that we have seen. And they did it in Loch Ness to no avail. Mm-hmm. They didn't really find anything that could have led to proof of the Loch Ness monster. I'm pretty sure that's a lot of the Loch Ness stuff too, is that like the fact that Nessie has like hidden, you know, like caves or some sort of network that's mm-hmm. also in the lake that he can go in and out of as well. I think that's a lot of, the, a few of the stories at least probably have something to do with that, so. Yeah, no. And can we just talk about the Nessie popularity? $80 million annually? That's like insane. That's some serious tourist trap shit. And yeah, just in Scotland, like all, of them, like it's fucking crazy. That also leads to just cryptids being used as pop culture phenomena to yeah. gain profit. Yeah, you know, and that just increases the amount of hoaxes. So yeah, which it's cool, you know. I want to get my cryptid plushies and cryptid posters and stuff, but it just hurts credibility after a certain point. And with that out of the way, let's hop into stats, characteristics, and abilities. Never do it the way we do it, huh? No. Um, I don't have a lot here. Gonna be honest. <laughs> characteristics, all I have is plesiosaur-like, and it's 20 feet long from what I was able to gather. Yeah, yeah. This is, that's like the general consensus of him. It's the plesiosaurus. Yeah. I also want to make amends to my previous statement. I think we're probably gonna have to scale this up a little bit for the larger class. I think we probably should do like horse to two-story house or something just because after hearing about how big the, the octopus was i was like yeah this is a lot bigger than an elephant <laughs> yeah so i think it's like a normal you know like two three-story house is probably the limit of the the next tier but yeah i mean it's just plesiosaur like so just your typical plesiosaur dinosaur look long yeah. neck fins just the basic stuff i didn't really find anything special um it is able to go on land i don't know if we yeah. throw that into abilities or whatnot but i think a lot of the common reports are that it can it can traverse land but not as quick as it no would definitely water. not as quick as it would be in the water okay. and against fighting against this octopus i don't think it's going to need to go on land anyway so not unless it's using some kind of escape tactic and with that any abilities we want to attribute to Nessie? Uh, I don't think there's anything special ability-wise that we can give this guy. The only thing that the people theorize about is that the holes that he goes through are interdimensional travel. And I don't think that's like that's powers. That's that's a huge. You know, like Kong, Godzilla, Middle Earth stuff here. Yeah. So. Whoa! Spoilers for the people that haven't seen the movie. Come on! Oh, come on! Everyone knows that. That's where it's going. <laughs> Okay, so now special abilities. Nessie's looking at a little bare bones right now. <laughs> looking like Nessie's looking for a white flag at the moment. Okay, now let's hop into some stats. What are we thinking for intelligence? I'm not thinking very high here. I'm also thinking pretty low. I'm swimming around maybe a four, five. I don't want to go that low. I'm still thinking like a six. The one thing I'll attribute to its intelligence 
are the tunnels and pathways and using that to evade people? Are we giving it the tunnels and pathways? Is that like final well, answer? Come up, but I mean, just going in from the research we've done, it using the tunnels and pathways shows at least some kind of intelligence. It's not just swimming in circles all day. Uh, it could be a pattern thing too. I mean, a lot of fish it's move also, in patterns instinctively. To one of those stories, they was it monks or something that were they were trying to go out to get in the middle of a boat. There was a boat in the middle of the lake, and the monk had to go swim out to it. And then the one monk was like, hey, stop when, the ne- when Nessie was going. And then he listened to it, and Nessie went off. Yeah, the uh, the saint, Columba. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's uh, the grace of God on his side, or if it's just intelligence from the cryptid. But even if it is the grace of God, that still, I think, would show some kind of intelligence yeah. to a higher degree. So I don't want to go as low as a four. I think maybe a five, but I still think it'd be at least six. Six. I'm fine with going to six, too. I mean, I definitely don't think it's as intelligent as the octopus, but I definitely think it's not, dare I say, retarded. <laughs> don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but anyways. With intelligence out of the way, let's hop into some power. Uh, I don't think it really has any impressive feats of power. It is able to kill humans, but, I mean, so are all the cryptids we cover here. I don't know. Are we going to jump this guy up onto the... Next scale, I think we kind of have to just because because of size. I think we have to, but is he high on that scale? Uh, I'd say so. so. Five is like breaking the ten. That would be ten barrier. Yeah. So I think he's either like a six or a seven. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I don't know. What are you gonna say? I don't want to go as high as a seven. I think six is fair. And I don't want to put him at a five either, because I think that'd be too low. Just given his size, he'd have to already be at a 10 to be on this scale for our previous scale. So at bare minimum, he would be a five, but I think he's at least a six. I was going to say six as well. And I think we can go lower than a five on this scale if he's fighting someone that's on the same scale. I think that it's okay okay to like give one of them like a three or something like that. If he's like super lanky or something like that. But I think six is... Right about where I'd want to put him to. I don't think he's really, you know, busting that barrier too hard. Yeah. Okay, so rocking with the six. Let's hop into some defense. What are we thinking for defense? Oh. If he is dinosaur-esque, I think that gives him a little more defense. Just because he's, you know, somewhat reptilian scales. or something like yeah. that. He'll have scales or just really tough skin. In general, it would take a lot of force to pierce the skin. So I think it is going to... That is the one thing we can boost it for is that dinosaur quote-unquote background yeah so it'd definitely be higher than your average i don't know maybe what are you thinking Andrew? seven i was giving it a seven seven was my first thought too i was going seven but i felt like that was just a little too low so i was leaning towards eight for that's defense. why i wasn't saying anything i kind of wanted to go eight but eight seems a little high yeah but it's got the skin, which gives it a big buff, I think. And swimming around all day, it's going to have a lot of muscle. I think the only thing that could drop me down to a 7 would be that it most likely has a lot of vulnerable points that wouldn't be as strong as the body, like the fins. I was going to say the fins are fins. probably a weak point. And depending sure. on the length of the neck, that would be a weak point. And how well I can maneuver using it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I could be swayed to either 8 or 7. What do we got, Roger? I'm still going to go with the 7. I'm, I like the seven. I really do. Okay. We've been swayed towards the seven. Now let's talk mobility. I definitely think this is where Nessie will peak. I think Nessie, 
I almost want to give it like a nine, just because I think this thing moves pretty fast. Oh, yeah. definitely. Even if it, especially if it's using like underground, you know, water pathways and whatnot. I think this thing's flying, and if it can evade, you know, pretty much any sightings or any, you know, how however many people have gone out to try and find it as yeah. well as it can. And it's built in a way for maneuverability with four fins. Mm. So, yeah. I, so if it's still, and also if it's running on land, it can only be faster in the water too. So. Oh yeah. And I mean, when it does run on land, it's only seen for like a little bit until it hits the water and it's just gone. Yeah. So I like the nine. I think that's fair. And now let's hop into HP. I'm thinking it's going to be high, maybe a little upper middle class with HP. Kind of like a seven. Kind of like a seven. It's a seven. <laughs> I don't want to go like eight or nine just because obviously the fins. I think just the, I think the reason I'm keeping it a seven and I don't think I want to go any higher is just because as soon as you chop off that neck, it's dead. So I don't think there's really... It's also hurting the fins. It's not... When you take it away, it's mobility, so it's kind of just a sitting duck at that point. So. Yeah, almost literally, yeah. yeah. So, are we thinking lower than a 7, possibly? I could go I down to 6, but... I'd still I'd, give it a 7. The other thing is, it is large. It, so, even if you do cut off that neck, it, you got to use a lot of force. Yeah, alright, then we'll sit with a 7 on HP. And what are we thinking for stealth? I think it's going to be pretty high for stealth. Uh, yeah. Taking its speed to account using the tunnels and obviously it has only been seen a handful of times and it's not obvious well i guess it is kind of obvious when it's seen well the only time it was seen was that i know of were the photograph which wasn't actually true so yeah. it wasn't seen there and then the running past the couple on land so yeah. on that there i never know and if they are doing these sonar things and it's not seen on there whether or not it's real or not is i think aside the point right now yeah. it's obviously avoiding sonar and stuff so i think that it would have high stealth yeah i'm not ready to give it a 10 no 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 thinking more like a seven or an eight i was thinking eight i was sure. also thinking eight going into it so we're thinking eight eight's a pretty solid ground for that one all right now before we hop into the main event of the show let's do a quick step breakdown refresher so for nessie intelligence six power six Defense, 7. Mobility, 9. HP, 7. Stealth, 8. What kind of class would we attribute to Nessie? It's definitely odd, because it's got a tank build, but it's also super sneaky. It's like... That's hard. Yeah. In a way, I want to go like kind of like a thief, but more like a hunter. I don't know if it's a hunter. But the tank part in the HP is what throws me off. It's almost like if you had an assassin that was wearing heavy armor. That's what all I was going to say. Yeah. So a heavy armored assassin. All right, and let's hop into the Oklahoma octopus stats. We have intelligence seven, power eight, defense eight, mobility six, HP seven, stealth five. I think this one's a little more upfront on it. This one's oh, yeah. definitely a warrior, you know? Oh yeah, it's got that low stealth and the low mobility. So it's definitely like an upfront tank warrior, mm -hmm. almost like a paladin. Yeah, it's like a shield bearer or something. And with that out of the way, Let's talk environment. I was thinking, so obviously this is going to take place in probably a lake, because yeah, yeah. this is where both of them are. I was wondering if we even want to introduce a land aspect, or if it's just literally walls around the center of a lake. We could put an island on there, but 
I mean, the octopus, if it even goes on the land, it's not going to be there for very long. Same thing with Nessie. So we can put it in the map, but I don't think it's going to play much of an effect. In the I just want it to just be in the background. Or it's on an edge or something. Yeah, we'll just have open water and then Kame House sitting over in the corner. <laughs> and then, are we thinking underground passageways? Well, if it's all water, I don't think there would be any area for well, I think there'd obviously it was, be a ground. No, yeah. I'm talking more giant circle of walls so they can't go onto the mainland. But it's still, you know, water, and then down below there's probably some whatever rocky or sand bottom. And then, I don't know, do we want to go underground pathways? I think, obviously, stat breakdown. Nessie's a little lower in the stats. But he's so, a little faster overall. Yeah, so it'd almost be giving like Nessie that, a small handicap. Part of that mobility is because of the tunnels, so it's almost like we yeah, kind of need we them. also gave it for his build, too. And it's stealth. We also gave it the tunnels. So I almost feel like we should put the tunnels I, in. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more it's kind of part of his stat breakdown. So. Alright, so we have a lake, tunnel system underneath, Kame House in the corner. What are we thinking about this fight? And, before we hop into a fight, this fight is brought to you in part by our Patreon. Hey, hey our Patreon. So uh, in case you guys didn't notice between the last episode and this one, uh, Easter rolled by. And uh, we did a special episode on a certain cryptid or cryptid adjacent creature. And if you wanted to listen to that, all you'd have to do is subscribe to our Patreon. It's only three bucks for the one tier we've got. That also gives you access to our Discord and oh the after hours stuff that uh, gives you access to our discord and the after hours that we are filming the first or recording the first one of after this episode and any future special cryptid breakdowns we do we do want to do a DD. we want to do some streaming i think all three of us want to stream at some point so yeah. maybe even we'll stream an episode who knows and it's not necessary but we definitely appreciate the support and the cryptids we do on there won't come into play with the main series. So you're not really missing out on much. They won't affect what we do here. This will always be free. This is what we enjoy. It's just doing. bonus stuff for anyone that wants to give us money. That's really all it is. And you enjoy listening to us, of course. You, know, you want to support yes, the show. Yes, yes. I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to pay us money to not like us. I don't know. Yeah. So if you want to support us on there, go ahead. I'll leave the link in the show notes. But if you don't want to do that and you still want to support the show, there's many ways to do that. We'll cover that in the end. But with our little sponsor ad break the sponsor, let's hop into the serious talk of the night. I'm just going to throw it out there to get the discussion started. Definitely the Oklahoma Octopus has the favor. He does. I think going into this, I was really in Nessie's favor just because he was a little bit more well-known. But I'm with you on the fact that I think Oklahoma Octopus kind of rips him apart. See, I was swayed a lot of the time. First, like you, Andrew, I was going in. Fucking Nessie's got this. Easy dub. Nessie's going to destroy it. Then, you know, I look in the Oklahoma octopus. I do my octopus research. Wish I would have done more dinosaur research for Nessie, but I didn't. It seemed cut and dry. And so then I was Oklahoma octopus team. But now that we have the map and we've done the stat breakdown, I think Nessie still has a good favor in this fight. With Nessie's stealth and usage of the tunnels that she would be familiar with. I wasn't Nessie's favor at the beginning. I didn't know the like length of the octopus but now that i know that i don't know if it, nessie has a good like chance in this but i still think oklahoma octopus has the bigger toll in this because it just is 
strength and his size and everything like that. The biggest thing for me is the tentacles with the suction cups. I think the grip on that alone, just if it gets one on Nessie, she's kind of going down at that point. Just because as long as it gets a good enough grip, it's going to be able to maneuver itself to uh, any weak point it needs. And then Nessie's kind of screwed. Yeah, and as long as it got one on there with that strength on it, it's got to get another one. And then all the other ones are on there and you're good. No matter where Nessie goes, even if it goes into one of those tunnels, it you know it's, it's falling. Like, it's yeah. literally on. And the shitty thing that wasn't on Nessie's side is her offense capabilities. You have the Oklahoma octopus who has the strong beak and these tentacles with the shut suction cups, which are just devastating. Mm-hmm. Where Nessie just really has her bite. Because what are you going to be able to do offensively with flippers? Now I know like killer whales bat small prey around to disorient them and a lot of fish do that to disorient other fish to get them but nessie's not gonna be able to bat around the oklahoma octopus it's already got her beaten size and like you said like all it takes is a couple tentacles to get a good grip and then it could just rip nessie to shreds like quite literally yeah i think i think if nessie went enough you know power wise i think if it like just plowed right into the oklahoma octopus it probably could take it out enough times out of 10 to give it a fighting chance in this argument, but I still think the Oklahoma Octopus has a little too much going for it at this point. My big thing with Nessie winning would be attacks to the body, because obviously attacks to the tentacles aren't really going to do anything. Yeah, Unless they can somehow get a hold of one and then chop it off and keep doing that for all aims. Yeah. I just think she'd be too overwhelmed if she did go with that strategy by the other tentacles. Because of the amount of tentacles it has, you lose one, you still got seven more. But yeah, I think just chomping at the body or the head or going for the eyes would be her best bet. I think if she knew how to attack the head first, she's going to win. Then again, we still gave the Oklahoma Octopus defense because of the fact that it has the tentacles and it has so much range with all of them. So. Well, the, we gave the tunnels, so if Nessie just was able to stick to the tunnels, sit in there, and then and we could have high step wait for the Oklahoma octopus to put its tentacle down there, and then cut it off, and go through another one, and have it do the other the same thing, and just keep repeating that process. It could stealth this fight out, it could slow stealth it, kind of like a few of our other high stealth contenders, but like those other high stealth contenders, I don't think either of them won that, just because it takes a little too long. And it's not and it's, the most viable. Unless you're very... Well, this one, the only thing is that this one kind of gives it the environmental advantage, whereas the other two didn't really have that. This one has the tunnels that where it can actually hide, pop out of one and go yeah. to the other. The environment definitely played into a big factor in this fight. It's just hard to compete with such overwhelming power. It's like if you had a Bigfoot, but it just had a bunch of fucking arms. Yeah. Like four arms. It could just... It, nobody would be able to stop it. It'd be able to cover too much range too quickly. Yeah. It's like Bigfoot, if it's arms... If it had five arms, and all of them were like the length of a house, you know? It's no, just that got... arm also had many arms that had the grip. Yeah, they also had smaller arms that were grabbing on with the grip yeah. strength of like 20 men, you know? And I think even with Nessie's defense, while it is high, the suction cups definitely would just tear just, through. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a regular, one of the large octopi that is real that we've recorded have the strength, or mm-hmm. let me double check, I don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, they have the strength of a 200-pound man. Just one suction cup. And so you have just lines and lines of suction cups on 
eight tentacles. It's just way too overwhelming. And then you take the size and strength factor of this and then compare it, the strength of what each individual suction cup would be. It'd be like six, uh, the strength of like six 200 pound men, or sorry, three 200 pound men, men per suction cup. So I think the Oklahoma octopus definitely takes the victory over Nessie, as much as it pains me to say. Yeah, hopefully Nessie can stand up to someone else maybe in the future, but for this episode, officially, Oklahoma Octopus is taking home the belt. Yeah, he joins uh, the upper echelon of cryptids we've covered so far. But who knows, will it be able to compete with, if we do eventually bring it up, some of the other competitors or reach their level that they've accomplished so far. Mm, Yeah. But that, we'll have to wait for a few months. And with this fight coming to a close... Let's talk credibility for these cryptids. Let's start with you, Andrew. Since now we have a new clock, well, I guess it would still be the same, but it's been so long since we've done Yeah, let's just reset this. it. It's I'll start. I think I'm the last one because I started with Go, man, I'm pretty sure. So either way, I'm out. Well, Andrew, we'll save you for last, actually. <laughs> since you're the least credible here, I feel like this is going to be pretty obvious. We'll start with the Oklahoma octopus. Um, I'm going to call bullshit real quick. My main problem is that it didn't really get popular until the Lost Tapes, which we grew up with Lost Tapes, watching Lost Tapes, all of us. And fuck, even a few years back, we watched Lost Tapes, like all of them, again, together. And they're fake as fuck. Like, obviously, it's not real. All the Lost Tapes are staged. Like, back in the day, you think they're real. It's creepy as fuck. You get to some episodes, like the Dover Demon and all that, and you're like, oh, Oh, the Vampire. I could not watch the The Vampire vampire episode alone. I we had to watch it together, and even then, both yeah, of us were like, Together, fuck this. in the daylight. Yeah. And it was still terrifying. But now, you know, you look back, obviously, they're cheesy as fuck. Yeah. Not very well put together. The one that we referenced in this episode is insanely cheesy, and you already know that they plotted out, like, the whole thing way before then. Like, it's, it's probably so one of the cringe. worst Lost Tapes episodes, it's so to be cringy. honest. You know, the, probably the best one would be the, um, the Lizard Man episode. That was a interesting one I'm gonna have to refresh but we'll talk this is a lost tapes tapes episode after hours but yeah I call bullshit on the Oklahoma octopus one man-made lakes so how the fuck would this thing even get in there like that just makes no sense and I don't know like I said lost tapes really brought it to popularity and I never heard of it until you brought it up to me Roger and the lost tapes of course so I really can't attribute anything to the Oklahoma octopus how about the other We'll do it in a separate round. Oh, okay. Well, I did a little more research on this one. And so, thinking about it, there's organisms that can adapt. If they're from salt water, they can adapt to fresh water. So I can see how this thing could probably adapt. As for, like, flesh-eating and all that, I don't think it's flesh-eating. Because it's uh, more of... Octopus are more vegetarian. So it wouldn't go eating all humans and everything like that. So I think it could be in there, but it's not drowning humans or anything. And I mean, that's definitely something you don't typically see a change of, going from vegetarian to... Human-seeking. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's more of like a survivability thing. If it wants to survive, that's how it would. Yeah. But it's still kind of... And I mean, changing diet like that would completely change body structure and everything, too. And it, it's a man-made leg, so it can't be that big. So if there's actually something that you think they'd be able to go in there and try and find it. Yeah, but and definitely, like... If it is this size, I think it'd have to eat way less, so it'd be way smaller than it actually is, because to sustain a diet to stay that size, I don't think that's possible for something that big. I was going to bring that up when I talked about it, but I think that 
it being well, that big. Okay. Well, I, we already know that I'm not the you know no believability on this one. This is literally just a story for all the people that felt that little you know piece of grass in the water or whatever brush their leg and they're like oh shit what was that yeah no this is fake um but i was going to bring up the fact that if it was as big as you say it is there would literally be no living organism that still was alive in the lake left you know after what a week two weeks or something like that the amount it would have to eat to consume to be able even if there was people actively at this lake or whatever lake you know i still don't think it would be a, a able to sustain that amount of size. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely the biggest problem with very large cryptids, especially ones that are like stuck in a lake and being their size is just not very feasible. Yeah, I think larger cryptids really need like either some government organization constantly feeding them or it needs, you know, some needs open to be wilderness that's, or the ocean, yeah. Some large, well, yeah. large the thing expanse. about this one is that it's a man-made lake, so there's no water going into it, which means there's no fish or anything else going into there. So exactly. That's why it's exactly. Like Even if there's any put in for like maybe a fishing event or things like yeah. that, or just to keep the ecosystem. I, yeah, I think they put in for man-made lakes. They put in a lot of like fish that they kind of ship in just because they want people to fish in lakes and stuff. But all right, and with the Oklahoma octopus credibility out of the way, let's hop into the Loch Ness monster. Start with you, Roger. Gonna be honest, I'm thinking this one's a little faker. Because it's just it's just no one's seen it. And so with the whole of they're trying to do the government thing of like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find proof of it. People have already debunked it. It could be I think I've heard it could be like a big eel or a big catfish. I've heard a lot of big eel so, stories. There's possibilities, but I don't think it's the way we say it is. It's either a big eel, big catfish, something. Andrew, resident skeptic. Yeah, resident skeptic. Uh, no surprise to anybody doesn't believe in this either. I think that overall, I think it's just not kind of the same as the octopus. It's not really sustainable. Um, that it just, it's not even really feasible that there would be one of it alive for however long it is anyway, especially if it dates back to the whatever, 500 BC. How's this one organism still alive and there's not more? Well, there's something that this there was some shark that i read about that lived to be like 500 years old so this thing could live that got it up to zero bc and now yeah. we still got 2000 well, years yeah, to get that's a shark it's not this that's thing. yeah so that's also a shark you know but it's i still can't believe that i still yeah i don't i've got no credit in this one either for sure just because it water ones are more like a creepy story that you could tell people like oh it's gonna get you Don't but go too far in the water you're but you think about it logically and there's very very little actual evidence of anything that large being in any sort of lake anything inland from the ocean all right cool time to play devil's advocate here let's do some callbacks first let's jump to the dobar coup episode now, I don't know if you guys remember, but I brought up the story of the Dobar coup and Nessie crossing paths. Uh, and they cross paths with two young Nessie creatures. So there are more than just one Nessie, if we are to attribute anything to that story. Now, that covers your how the fuck would it live this long. There's got to be more than one. Now, done playing devil's advocate. I am going to be a little bit, because I do believe in it more than you guys do. But I have some gripes with it. Obviously, a lot of my gripes with cryptids come to a lot of fucking media attention 
and pop culture attention. It takes away from the credibility because everybody wants a piece of that pie. Look at Bigfoot. Arguably one of the most well-known popular cryptids to date. There are so many fucking sightings. It's ridiculous. I hate it so much. I believe in Bigfoot to a certain extent. And I think all that it's a uh, popularity really hurts any kind of credibility that uh, you bring forth most of the time. Just because it's so popular, everybody wants to be the one to see Bigfoot. Everybody wants their sighting to be So heard. you think the same thing with Netflix? I think a lot of that, yeah. I think the pop culture aspect, and even Scotland has taken charge of creating popularity for this creature to bring in money. There's incentive to do so, and I think it really hurts. Are we gonna also, just kind of as a closing thing on Nessie anyway, because it seems pretty obvious that you you believe in it a little more, but not as you know strongly. No. Are we gonna bring up Tessie or any sort of? We will get adjacent. there one day. Okay. Any sort of adjacent creature that's yeah, it's uh, kind of mimicking. It's abominable snowman esque uh, mm-hmm. cousin. Yeah. I want to cover that later. Okay. We'll cover that another time. Okay. It'll have to do with the theme of this season. Gotcha. But um, no. So I do believe in a little bit. I do not think it's the cryptid that everybody thinks it does. Going back to the sustainability part, there's no feasible way that Nessie could sustain itself the way it is. My theory is that it's not even close to the size everybody claims. I think a lot of claims are bullshit. I think the child-sized Nessies that the Dobarku came across in the story are probably the full-grown Nessie. Obviously, being this size, having it lasted this long, it scaled down a lot. Like, look at a lot of the creatures today. Back years and years and years ago, they were way bigger because there was a lot more environment, a lot more prey to hunt, a lot more ground to cover. It was also a lot hotter and the earth was going through some shit. Yeah, that too. So I think it has scaled down dramatically. Like, if there is an actual Nessie, I think it'd be just way smaller. But that's the only way I can attribute it. That's the way I like to think. And a little bit of credibility that... I also see coming from it are that there are research groups that are going out, scientists, people that have studied this stuff. That gives a little bit of credibility. I also think they're kind of just fucking crazy and hoping to break new research in this field, but I still think it deserves a little bit of credit for that. So I do think it's real, but I don't think it's the cryptid everybody wants to parade it around as it is. And yeah, but those are just my views on the matter. I don't know how you guys feel about that theory. Well, still don't believe it. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, the research thing for me is that I think it's still just the government trying to kind of be like, oh yeah, this we're we're looking for it, we're looking for it. Mm-hmm. But just we're, as a, we're just gonna say, oh, it could be this, so that the other people are like, oh well, no, it still exists. I think it's they get just more a, popularity from it. I think it's just to hook in people, more people to come yeah. to Scotland. I just a money scheme from yeah, the Scottish it just, government. It's just more those you know, assholes. Scotland's like, oh, the Nessie thing's getting a little old. Let's you know. Throw another bone into the whatever. But, yeah, no, I think that's got pretty much nothing to do with it, so. All right, and with that out of the way, let's get to the boring stuff now that the episode's pretty much over. It's the closing remarks, not the boring stuff. You want to know this, especially if they like us. Well, if they made it to this part, I think they'd like to know. Yeah, all right, so, so we've got an email. Uh, if you want to email us, that's pretty much the best way to get in contact with us right now. At most, it'll take me a day to see your email. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much run the email. If you guys want to access, let me know. If you want to respond to any of the fans. Because I do tag it, sincerely, Matt, so they know who's responding. Matt has access to a lot of our social media. He's a lot of heavy guy. All of it. Yeah. But yeah, so email is 100% the best way. If you want to direct something towards any of us, throw our names in. I'm Matt. 
I'm Andrew. I'm Roger. So just throw our names in there, and I always let them see the email, let them know about it, so they'll definitely see it. I'll make them respond to it, and so we'll get your message. Our email is cryptidversuscrypted at gmail.com. That is C-R-Y-P-T-I-D V-S-C-R-Y-P-T-I-D at gmail.com. Okay. And another form of contact is our Twitter, which is very inactive because we have three followers. (laughs) That's the same warning we had last time. Yeah, well, we know the two others, so I don't know if that really counts. Either way, we do have a Twitter. Uh, It's probably not going to blow up anytime soon, but one of these days it might. Hey, When it does, we'll pretend like we know nobody. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. But that is Cryptid Versus on Twitter. C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-V-S. If you want to follow us, the more followers you get, the more active we'll be on it. I'll make them have access to it so they can tweet stuff out too. Me or Roger will probably take hold of that as soon as more people actually tweet us or tag us in anything. Yeah. And with that, is there anything else we want to drop in? Uh, we already did the Patreon. There, what? There's one more form. We have a Discord, a Patreon. Well, while you figured that out, Gmail. if you enjoy the show and you want to support us, you can't support us financially. That's cool. We get it. It is what it is. You can share our podcast with your friends and family. You know, we need exposure. We love exposure. We get more fans. We love it. It's what keeps us going. Hey, this podcast right now is kind of like a small cryptid following, just a local thing. We want to get it out there big. We want to become a Bigfoot type. We want to be number one fiction podcast in the United States. That would be crazy. And if we got set to that point, I think I'd shit my pants literally on mic. I'll shit my pants when we do get on the leaderboards for the cryptid fit or for the fiction podcast. But so definitely share. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a five star review on Apple or iTunes. Yeah. At, if at any point someone leaves a five star review, I didn't even say this, but you could just put five stars in your email and I'd still read it out. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a. Any way you get five stars and then you say something as well, I will have to read it out on the podcast. Exactly. And if you are in the United States, we'll see it. I'm trying to figure out how to see reviews from other countries. Apple is very difficult in the way they do it, and I can really only see the ones from the United States. But I'm trying to find a workaround. So if you live in another state, or sorry, another state, another country, leave us a review. I'll try and find it. If not, send us an email. But... I think that brings us to the conclusion of everything tonight. Yeah, I think that's it. We're heading out. We'll see you guys in the next episode. And in the after hours on our Patreon. If that's one of you guys. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah.